0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Ben and Chris Talk Sports. I am Chris. I am Ben. And we are here to bring you our opinions on the news notes and happenings from around the world of sports. Episode 96. A lot of football today. A little bit of baseball. Playoff picture starting to shape up. Week two is in the books in the NFL. Banker Tank was a little kinder to Ben this week, but I'm still in the lead. Gotta throw that in there. Gonna get into the rash of injuries in the NFL this past weekend. But first. If you thought the NFL was screwing around when it came to their mask policy for coaches, think again. Five coaches were fined. Five. And their corresponding organizations. Guess how much the total of the amount of fines was worth, Ben?
1: It had to be like a a million, million and a half, I think.
0: All five coaches who were fined. I got those coaches for right here, if I can pull up the right list. Uh, Pete Carroll of the Seahawks, Kyle Shanahan of the 49ers, Vic Fangio of the Broncos, John Gruden of the Raiders, and Sean Payton of the Saints were each fined $100,000 for either not wearing the mask properly or just, in some cases, not even wearing it at all. And their organizations were each fined an additional quarter million dollars on top of it. So, yeah, so one and a quarter and then five. Oh, yeah, wait. So even more than I originally thought. I did the math in my head and got it wrong initially that is i assume the the fine money will go towards some sort of charity the nfl is pretty good you about would that hope. you would hope some maybe some kind of covid relief charity that'd be nice goes to a good cause they are not screwing around
1: um i think it was uh, very evident cuz i i watched uh, i I got to watch three games this week um i don't remember what the first one was what was it uh, i remember um i got to see the uh, chiefs and the
0: chargers You're watching Giants and Bears when you texted me. Ah, that's
1: what I was. Yes, Giants and Bears. I really didn't notice anything there. Uh, But when Sunday Night Football came on and we were watching, I was watching the uh, Patriots and the Seahawks, I I noticed quite a bit Pete Carroll not having his mask on. No. And I have to admit, Chris, I did see Bill quite a few times, Bill Belichick, uh, no mask. And like I told you, I could have sworn earlier today, had to have been around lunchtime. So like somewhere between 12 and two, I thought I saw the initial reports of, of uh, the fines. Cause I texted you. We're going to talk about you know, injuries and fines basically. Right. And I could have sworn I saw bill on that list. And then you said you didn't see it. And I saw an update, I guess I saw an updated uh, ESPN article later in the day that didn't have bill on it. So
0: yeah, I never actually saw Bella check on the list because I was watching that game as you we both were. I never saw him not wearing it. I did see him tuck up the bottom. So it was still over his nose and it was technically over his mouth, but it was like over his mouth, away from his mouth, the way he had it right. positioned. So I think, you know, maybe the league's not happy with that. I don't know. You could see them send him a memo and say, look, you got to wear it properly. Or like Andy Reid, just wear the face shield. If you have a hard time talking with it or people understanding you through the uh, communications, the headsets that they have to wear, yeah, just do like Andy Reid did. Andy Reid had a much easier week this week <laughs> with the head shield. <laughs> week one, uh, the poor guy could barely see. He needed some windshield wipers, but apparently he sprayed some defogger on it and uh, I mean, it, 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 it was a little better.
1: Some, like a whole process. They involved a bunch of people, you know, trying to figure out the best way and it, it worked. Look, it's not the greatest look in the world, but if you're, you know, I think Vic Fangio calls the defense. Obviously, Kyle Shanahan calls the offense for the 49ers. Uh Pete Carroll, I don't know. I don't think he calls either either offense or defense. So really his excuse is probably just trying to trying to hype up his team as Pete Carroll does. If you're wanting to call the plays on your team and you want to make sure they're clear and 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 understanding you, like John Gruden said, he wants to make sure he gets the they're playing. Yeah, that's the route you got to go. You got to go with the face shield. If that's what is allowed, then I guess that's what you got to go with.
0: Oh, and I think it would be. I think that might be why Belichick wasn't fine this week. Because, to be very clear, these fines didn't come out of nowhere. Right. Uh It was very evident by watching. I watched Red Zone uh, last Sunday. Whenever, whenever the Patriots aren't playing, I'm watching Red Zone. Unless it's like the Sunday night game, the Monday night game, Thursday night game. But it was very clear there's a lot of coaches that were not wearing it properly, or at all. And like regardless of how you feel about that, well, we'll get into that later, but the leaks a leak sent out a memo saying,
1: yeah. if you
0: do not wear these properly, you're not getting another warning. We're going to fine you. These are the conditions to be able to continue to play. But you have to do this, or we're going to fine you. And they proved they weren't messing around. So, I mean, uh, I think... Dude, if I if I was an NFL head coach, I had to choose. I take the face shield. Yeah, absolutely. I mean,
1: if if I'm calling plays, then yes.
0: Well, Andy Reid wears glasses too. Yeah, so, so
1: it's, <laughs> uh, it's it's even more cumbersome for him to wear uh, a neck aether or a mask. Yeah, uh, with the glasses on. So
0: anybody who's wearing a mask and goes out in public and has to wear glasses. I feel for you because most of the time I wear contacts, but there's been a few times if I'm running down to the store right near my house, I have my glasses on, I throw a mask on within about 30 seconds. Those glasses are foggy beyond belief. So good old Andy Reed, the smart move, sprayed some uh, defogger on it and had a much easier time. And (laughs) as far as you saying, it's the best look, not the best look, excuse me. Let's be honest. Bill Belichick and Andy Reid. I love Bill Belichick. I got infinite respect for Andy Reid. They're not exactly fashion staples to begin with. Correct. Right. I mean, I'd say Andy Reid more so than Belichick. Andy Reid at least wears, you know, the Hawaiian shirts. He looks relaxed. Belichick, I don't think goings anything with sleeves. So for all of his coaching acumen, he kind of loses it in the style department. That's okay. I'll take Super Bowls over sleeves. Absolutely. But, I mean, much like with uh, the NBA bubble, when they had some problems initially uh, with player, well, one player. Uh, yeah. I forgot his name. Uh, Lou Williams. Lou Williams, who kind of messed around and, and didn't really respect the policies they put in place. I mean, regardless of how you feel about masks, uh, we're not having that debate. Um, But th- the bottom line is, every single detail of how the season was going to play out for better or worse was laid out to everybody involved. Everybody knows what's expected of them. Everybody knows what they have to do in accordance with the rules put in place. If you're the players are allowed to not wear masks for obvious reasons. I think it's ridiculous personally, because everyone is tested and cleared before a game. If you're going to go through all that, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense that some players, some people have to, some don't have to. That's a whole other can of worms. But the bottom line is whether it's ridiculous, this, that, or the other thing, this is what they agreed upon. So when you get fined for violating something you agreed upon, you can't get mad about it. Oh, it, like, I would say Realistically, these guys aren't personally paying these fines. Let's be honest. The team's footing the whole bill.
1: Yeah, all I'd say on that is if you're a team that got fined or you coach that got fined, I would look at a lot of video over this past weekend and ask the league, what is the mandate? Unless they know already. What's the mandate for the players on the sidelines? Because not all of them are wearing masks
0: either. As far as I know, uh, sideline players do not have to. Okay. As far as I know.
1: It just so then then, again, I I know it's an it's, it's an ugly word, but but it's the truest word we can use.
0: Consistency.
1: Is. And then why do the hood coaches have to wear? Why do the coaches have to wear a mask on the sidelines if the players don't have to wear a mask?
0: Well, and, and that's kind of what I, that's what I was kind of getting at too. I agree with you. It's. Everybody's tested before, every yeah. you know, and everybody has to be cleared before they can enter the building on Sunday. Once they're tested Saturday,
1: we're not just talking players; we're talking about anybody. everybody. So... Every
0: even media personalities, anybody who steps foot in that facility has to be tested. And their uh, temperature checks and all a bunch of all other protocols are taken before they're allowed to come in Sunday. So, I understand if you know the inconsistency with oh yeah well players don't have to so okay so break this down right so everybody gets tested saturday what do you think is more likely that a coach who has the game plan goes out and is exposed some way or that a player is exposed some way
1: Uh, most likely a player more likely a player
0: now yeah i would think nobody because saturday you're if you're playing for sunday or whatever the day before your game is you should be prepping ready relaxing Right. Or do whatever you have to do. And from the looks of it so far, with two clean weeks, that's exactly yeah. what's happening. But realistically, you might get some young player, or even an older player, and I don't want to, you know, be ageist.
1: No, only I can do that, Chris. Oh, that's right, that's
0: right, yeah. Anybody over 30 needs to get the hell out of the league.
1: It's facts.
0: Um. So, I mean, okay, so, they go out and they get exposed. And then... They're, I don't know, asymptomatic, whatever word they're using for it this week. And then the coaches are wearing masks sometimes. Some of the personnel is. Most of the players aren't. This person can expose that person who can then later on expose that. It's like, again, there's no consistency. But it's good that nothing bad's come of it. Everything seems okay. All the tests have come back clean. Putting all that aside, however, like I said, if you agree to these terms, which you had to in order to take part in the season, you can't get mad when you're penalized. I, to be 100% clear, because people are going to take misconstrue what I'm saying, I 100% think and have no problem with and do wear a mask when I go out somewhere because I don't know anybody else who's out. If I go grocery shopping... So I have to go to a store for any reason. I'm more than cautious. I'm an incredibly clean person anyways. I'm always washing my hands and, and you know, being sanitary to begin with. So it really is that that part really isn't anything new to me. But yeah, I mean, you, you <laughs> like, I'm all for that. But this is the people you've been traveling with. These are the people you spend all that time with. Like these are these aren't strangers You've all been tested. You're all clean. I don't get it. But again, that's not the point. The point is it was agreed upon and they violated that policy. I really hope they smarten up and, and just wear the mask, figure something out. Because if they don't, can you imagine an extra round of penalties?
1: Uh, they're going to be half.
0: They're going to be, uh, yeah, if not, well, maybe. I was going to go probably half a million dollar fine.
1: No, I don't think so. I think they're going to suspend because they're, how much do the how much does the league office and the owners want this league this season to happen oh to and make we, sure we all do we all do right right so they want to make sure they can try to not lose so much money so if let's say uh Gruden comes out next week and does the same kind of crap whether he you know he said he had it already and he takes it seriously but he's trying to get the message and he just he just can't help himself. He wants to keep putting his mask down to to make sure the play is well. How many, how many plays does he call what 80 a game? Yeah. So that's 80 times. It's like, at, at some point that league is just going to say, all right, John, you, you don't, you don't get it. You're spending next game. Maybe that'll make, make you wake up and, and think, well, I'm going to work on more wear the face shield. Like, like Andy Reid does.
0: I think you're going to see a lot more face shields this weekend. Absolutely. I, 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 that yeah. would be my choice. Honestly, if I had to constantly talk yeah. into a microphone, I would absolutely, if we had to do this podcast <laughs> and, and we had to do it with some kind of face covering, I'd absolutely be doing it with a face shield, not a, a mask. Cause you, you I, I stumble over my words, but I'm not wearing a mask. Never mind when I, my face is covered.
1: Yeah. Sometimes I'm not as coherent as I would like to be. Um, uh and a mask makes that even worse.
0: Well, speaking of worse, injuries, injuries, injuries.
1: It, it got, oh, my God. It started early, and it just kept going.
0: Can you, can you remember? I honestly cannot. This isn't just for the sake of being dramatic. Can you remember a single day of games where there were that many injuries? Inj- not even major, just injuries in general. I mean, it was literally almost every time you turned around. The 49ers yeah, lost two Pro Bowl defensive linemen in a matter of four plays.
1: I mean, that's insane. That's, that's...
0: <laughs> the big one, the big one, obviously uh, not. I mean, big for the league, you know, no, no one person as far as a human being is more valuable, but I'm talking about fantasy implications, team value implications. Saquon Barkley personally hurts you. I know your number two overall pick. Yes, that's that hurts, but that hurt a lot. Went down, looked like he just looked like he hyperextended his elbow on one play. Came back in a few plays later, and on that very first play back, went down. It looked to me like he grabbed his shoulder. He didn't, he grabbed his knee. They have confirmed he's a torn ACL, he will miss the rest of the season. It's a shame for him, it's a shame for the league he is as exciting a young player as they have in the league. And it, it sucks for him, but he's young. He'll bounce yeah. back. I think he'll be fine. But it, it it's a tough one for Giants fans who are looking really forward to a season with this offense really developing.
1: I mean, they had all the pieces together and understanding it was a rough start for Daniel Jones. And maybe they could have pulled together and got on a run and especially look at the division they're in. We know that that came down to literally the last play of the season to decide who is the division winner. So anything could have been possible, but no, there's no, there's, I'm sorry. Uh, signing Devontae Freeman is not going to re- replace uh, 30% of what Saquon Barkley does. And I know they have Dion Lewis and they have Gallman, but it's all three of them together combined. Doesn't will give you sixty percent of the production you got from Saquon Barkley.
0: Let me ask you an, an honest question here, okay? Just yep. pretend for a second, Devonta Freeman didn't or hasn't been exceptional his last couple seasons. He had that one year it seemed like a breakout year, and he was a, he was a fantasy football stud. Got overdrafted the following year. Never really lived up to that again. He's taken some time off. Not so much abuse on his body. I assume he's kept in shape if he's signing a contract now. What happens if he comes on, it's only a one-year deal, so he's no threat to Saquon long-term. Saquon's the guy when he's healthy. But what happens if he comes out, and he's half as good as he was during that breakout year with the Falcons? Giants got to steal. Yeah. Because he can can run, and he can catch. Freeman is a talented, talented player when he's on his A game. And if he can find even a a nice-sized portion of that in New York... Giants offense might actually be okay.
1: Yeah, but their their base problem was for some reason the offensive line wasn't getting the push for Saquon Barkley. I don't know how it's gonna get the push for Devontae Freeman.
0: I'm I I am not all I'm saying is just if. I know that's a that's a big what if because of the offensive line. And if and you're gonna I, if you're gonna have a team with a mediocre offensive line, you're gonna have a lot more far more luck with Saquon than you would with Devonta Freeman. I'm just saying if they can pull it together somehow, uh, that with that offensive line that's kind of asking a lot, but if they can, Giants may be okay.
1: I think you're giving I think you're given a, a little bit of a pass to the Giants front office because that's a that's an offensive line that has a first round pick from last year, a highest price. Left tackle, in Nate Solder.
0: Yeah, except he didn't even start. He didn't start this weekend. No,
1: and so that's even worse. That's even worse. Yeah, it's even worse.
0: Signed a massive contract uh, two years ago, and now he didn't even start. I'm sure he played, but he didn't even start. And he's the highest paid at his position in the league. Just yeah, they're
1: invested in that offensive line, and Saquon hasn't. And Saquon was didn't he? He was injured last season, right? But it was the beginning of the season.
0: Yeah, I think he missed three games last year.
1: Right. So, but I just don't, I just don't see Devontae Freeman having success. Not totally because of him. It's just for some reason it wasn't gelling yet, and maybe it, it could have gelled by the middle of the season. But without without Saquon Barkley, that is a aspect of the offense you just. You just don't have anymore, and now you need Steve Slayton because Sterling Shepard's out. Correct?
0: I don't know who Steve Slayton is, but Darius is pretty useful. Uh, Darius
1: Slay- Steve Slayton's a West Virginia wide receiver, probably about 10, 10 years ago. I don't know why. Might be
0: his cousin, so maybe you're close.
1: Possibly, um, but because I think Sterling Shepard, I know he went out of the game. Um, I, I haven't his...
0: seen anything on his injury though. I don't think it's. A, I don't think he's that severe. I think it might be a hamstring pull at most.
1: But you're looking at you're looking at Slayton and Evan Ingram.
0: It's and, it's and, funny. I w- I was actually just about to mention uh in order for this offense to be able to gel and this line to be able to be more effective, Evan Ingram and Darius Slayton have to realize that they need to the catch pass if they hit their hands.
1: And that's not even factoring in Golden Tate, too. No. I it's Daniel Jones doesn't have an excuse because you could still utilize what running backs you have and what you can get to form, like I said, 30, 30 to 60% of what Saquon could do. You still have a second year guy in Darius Slate, and you still have Golden Tate who may be a veteran. I will say a, a, a seasoned veteran, but he still has game. And then Evan Ingram, who could be one of the top three to four tight ends in the league and Should you, be. Still got, you still got all those pieces and daniel jones you know i i crapped on him in the draft because i, I thought he was overdrafted and then I, I looked stupid because he came on last year well, pretty don't
0: blame daniel jones for that
1: no no i'll blame myself but i mean i'm gonna have egg in my face again for for backtracking all my comments that he wasn't going to be good and he was overdrafted. If he's just going to produce this kind of garbage week in and week out, and again, it's still early, so we don't know what it's going to be. But
0: I don't quite understand how you give the Giants' running back somewhat of a pass with the offensive line. But Daniel Jones is to blame, even though the offensive line sucks just as bad in front of him.
1: I'm not blaming Daniel Jones. I'm saying for the for the going forward, he still he still has weapons. Sure. To produce. Right, so, yeah, I'll agree with that. So there's no reason for him not to be able to produce without Saquon Barkley. But the running game itself, thinking Devontae Freeman could have success, it's solely on what the offensive line can do. And it didn't produce for Saquon Barkley. I don't know how it's going to produce for Devontae Freeman. Unless they they inject fear into the offensive linemen that they're all going to get cut because they're – they can't block wet paper towels, much less professional defensive linemen.
0: How would you try to block wet paper towels?
1: I don't. It's, I don't know. I was trying I to. Know, I know. Anal- I know
0: the analogy you were going for. You didn't get it, but I know what you meant. Okay. But well, then I'm just hoping some of our listeners did, because otherwise you're going to look like a real fool. <laughs> uh,
1: like you mentioned before, Chris I can't blame Daniel Jones for that.
0: Yeah. No, I, I, I don't think. I know what I just said about Freeman, but if he can't come in and do anything special, I think that team's going to struggle offensively all season because that line couldn't perform when he had one of the best running backs in the league behind him and a bright young quarterback with some good receivers. Now you have uh, Sands, Daniel Jones, uh, excuse me, uh, Sands, uh, Saquon Barkley. And you think it's going to be a whole lot better with a guy who hasn't performed in four years? I can respect him trying, but I, I don't know. That one's going to have to play out. Courtland Sutton, the star, well, number one. I don't know if he's a star yet. Number one receiver for the Denver Broncos. He's out for the season. I didn't see the exact injury. I just saw they said he tore his knee up. I don't
1: think I saw it either. I, I want to say it was ACL, but I don't want to say.
0: Whether. Yeah, because I, I think with an ACL, they would have said ACL. The direct quote I saw from them was, T- knee was torn up. So, that to me, that sounds worse than an ACL. Because a lot of people tear an ACL and come back after rehab and have a fine career. If your knee is all torn up and there's all sorts of ligaments and stuff in there. That's, that makes me think of like a Teddy Bridgewater injury from a, years ago. Where he just tore everything. So, I, I don't know. Uh He looked like a really... Talented young player, though, so hopefully, you know, wish him a speedy recovery. I think this is, as far as the team goes, the biggest defensive loss this weekend, Nick Bosa. Nick Bosa of the 49ers. Torres ACL, the defending defensive rookie of the year. One of the best young pass rushers in the game. Key part of that San Fran defense. Out for the year, Eric Armstead. His linemate, I think it was four plays later, went down, tore his ACL. He's out for the year. This is on top of a defense that's, uh, I believe, still missing Richard Sherman. But uh, yeah,
1: they put him on IR, a short term IR. So he'll be back soon. Yeah, but... he
0: should be back. He's not out for the year. He should be back within a few weeks. But still, you know, the way Arizona's playing, you fall too far back in that in Seattle. Excuse me. Arizona and Seattle are playing. You fall too far back in that division. You're chasing a wild card.
1: Uh, update Cortland Sutton. Cortland Sutton ACL. It is ACL? Yeah.
0: Okay. I would have thought they would have said that from the beginning, but they were uh, pretty it's... they were pretty vague, but
1: I, I don't I don't boy if if and they lost uh Tevin Coleman for a couple weeks too.
0: Yes. So they did... said that could be extended. They don't know. So and
1: Jimmy G's ankle injury, they're not sure.
0: I read day to day on Jimmy G.
1: So it, it, it's so, a lot out of San Fran.
0: <laughs> San Fran took a beating this weekend.
1: They did. They did. They,
0: they, and, they, they got beat up so bad this weekend. They thought it was a Super Bowl again.
1: <laughs> um, <laughs> Every I,
0: 49er I fan listening just turned off the show. So uh, there, okay. there goes that.
1: That's okay. Uh, Look, they're in a bad, like this is kind of the opposite of the giants. Cause the giants are in a nice cushy, Cushy uh, division where, yeah, if they lose a couple games, they can come back because Dallas and Philly, unless they have a philosophical change on how they're going to treat games, they're going to take this down to the wire. Whereas NFC West, they're going to, they lose two, three more games, they're going to get smoked.
0: Yeah. If you're talking two, Two pro-ball caliber, all-pro defensive linemen. Uh, <laughs> one of your, you know, one of your one-two punch at running back. Oh, well, they do have Jarek McKinnon back. He looked okay. Your quarterback. You got uh, Debo Samuel out with injury right now. You got, I mean, <laughs> Richard Sherman. Like, that team is, you could almost make half of a starting, you know, all-division team with. It's just the guys they have on IR right now. So, uh, let's see. We got Malik Hooker, the very talented safety from the Colts. One of the key guys that made that Colts defense actually formidable this year. Especially their secondary. ACL, out for the season. That's a big hit for the Colts defense. Um, (laughs) You got a bunch of guys who like we said, or uh, another one, another huge one, Christian McCaffrey. Yep. Nice. Angle injury, he's estimated to miss four to six weeks. On top of uh, losing Cortland Sutton for the year, the Broncos lost Drew Luck for three to five weeks minimum. Did
1: you say Judy went out too? Jerry Judy? Yeah, did you say, did you, I thought you texted that to me on Sunday. That Judy- I
0: saw that he limped off the field, but I don't think it was anything worth noting. Oh, okay. I didn't see anything on the game afterwards. Uh, I, I'll i look into that, though, because we need to make sure people know about that if there is a problem. Uh, Sterling Shepard, A.J. Brown, left the games. Uh, Randall, not Randall Cobb, uh, Devontae Adams, left the game. However, apparently Devontae Adams says he could have returned if the team had needed him, but they were up late, so he didn't have to come back in. Michael Thomas might not play for he says he might be able to suit up for Sunday night or he might be out another three weeks to a month or more. You never know oh, with that kind of injury. Wow. So it's like, and Drew Brees does not look like Drew Brees without Michael Thomas. I don't care how many Evan them you have. He doesn't have Drew, um, Michael Thomas to throw to down the field. He's not the same quarterback.
1: Well, it just brings that secondary up more. It's Absolutely. Like you don't need, you don't need to cover over top of Michael Thomas. If you don't have Michael Thomas on the field, you could play one-on-one on the outside and put your two safeties. you only have to put your two safeties uh high you can put them you can put one single high and one in the box and now you're now you're facing the problem of having six seven eight in the box I don't care if you're bar- Oh, uh, <clears throat> sorry let me let me stop myself yeah there.
0: Barry Sanders would have been okay other than Barry anybody Sanders. anybody else yeah
1: anybody else you put eight in a box you're gonna have issues and Kamara can be as skilled and agile and shifty as he wants to be. They box him in. He's 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 done.
0: And again, I know I know they have Latavius Murray, but Kamara's the the with Michael Thomas out, he is the undisputed focal point of that offense. Yeah. And he's kind of proved he gets used too much week nine, 10, 11, come around. He's not the same player. He can't yeah, be. He's he's not a big guy.
1: And that's unfortunately you're seeing that with all running backs is that great you're giving them all this money they deserve it because the production when they're on the field is great, but if you overuse them and I'm not saying CMC's overused I'm not saying Kamara Kamara uh, is being overused yet I'm not saying Saquon Barkley was being overused, but the the fact of the matter is is you have dual. Ability running backs who can catch out of the backfield and run between the tackles. You want them on the field as much as you can, and I, that's honest and true. And I would want that too. But you also have to have a mindset. Look at the Chargers. What what did we talk about on Sunday? The Chargers. What was the one thing we saw? Even though other than Justin Herbert's surprise entry into the game, what was the one thing we saw from the Chargers? I don't know. On the offense. The running backs.
0: Uh, they can't run the ball.
1: Well, no, no, no. But the the, the combination they had, they had that kid, uh, Josh, Josh. Oh, Josh McKellar. Kelly, yeah. Yeah, they had Joshua Kelly and Austin Eckler. And that was one thing we talked about in the offseason. Oh, oh, yeah.
0: They were both on the field at the same time.
1: Both on the field at the same time. And you're spelling Austin Eckler because you know he can't. He cannot take those kind of carries and that kind of beating the entire season. You have—I didn't know they had him, but they apparently have that thunder to his lightning.
0: Don't forget they have Justin Jackson also, who showed quite who showed some good stuff when Melvin Gordon wasn't around last year. He went one-two with Austin Eckler, and he did just fine. He's actually—he missed the game, I think he had a hamstring injury, so he's he's going to be there in the mix too. So if Austin Eckler can be used to carry like five or six times a game to throw the defense off. And then right. use it as a receiving back out of the backfield, and you can use uh, jo- Justin Jackson and Joshua Kelly to be to kind of spell each other at running back. A, a lot like you know, it's kind of like a poor man's version of Nick Chubb and um, uh-uh. Kareem Hunt. Right. Like I said, poor man's version. Not not nearly the caliber of of talent yet. You never know what they'll develop into, but as of oh, now, true. they're not. True story. But you know, you, you kind of use one to give the other a rest, and that's that's how you keep guys fresh all season. You saw that the Thursday night game with the Bengals and the Browns. Kareem Hunt was the guy early. Excuse me. Yeah, Nick Chubb that. was the guy early. Running, They were running, running, running. He got a couple of catches. Nothing big in the passing game. But once they established a lead and they could take a little bit more of a chance, they're like, okay, they put Chubb on the sideline for, you know, I don't know six, seven, eight plays in a row, had Kareem Hunt in there. Then they switch him out back and forth. The Chargers do that, or any team, any team that has a smaller change of pace back that's talented receiving out of the backfield, such as uh, Tariq Cohen and David Montgomery in Chicago. They use those guys right. They can have them last all season. So, yeah, you're absolutely right. Like You have to be able to spell guys like that because you can't, And the problem the Saints have is is no one's buying Latavius Murray. No. As, look, he's done some really good things in his career. I'm not trying to knock the guy. He surprised a lot of people. There's a couple years there he even had fantasy value. But consistently, he's not going to give you the game that's going to support Alvin Kamara being spelled for five, six, seven plays in a row. You're going to have to get Kamara back out there to be effective in your offense, especially if you're missing other pieces in the receiving game. Andrew Brees, it looks like father time is starting to just kind of tap on his door a little bit. He may not be knocking fully, but he's tapping on the door. You're going to have to figure some other things out down
1: there. Absolutely. It, it's I, – I just – this is my belief is that you have this – Super talented players, CMC, Dalvin Cook, Saquon Barkley, Ezekiel Elliott. You know all the names, the the highly talented ones. You've got to do your due diligence in getting someone in there that can spell them decently. And I think the biggest point you always bring up is Alexander Madison with the Minnesota Vikings. He is capable of spelling Dalvin Cook. Yes. if there's one person that we know that needs to be spelled is Dalvin Cook because he has that injury history. You you If you're the Carolina Panthers, you're the New York Giants. New York Giants came into this game. They came into the game with two running backs. Gallman wasn't even active. They had Deion Lewis and Saquon Barkley. That's a mistake. I, I like Deion Lewis. He's a nice little back but you really should have had that third piece yeah as good as saquon barkley is wouldn't be wouldn't be nice to be able to flex saquon barkley out uh, on the perimeter occasionally so he's not taking a beating from defensive linemen and linebackers because i think that's the biggest key is getting them the ball in space where they don't take beatings from guys that are always going to be bigger than them
0: And to to your point, if bringing in Devonta Freeman was a choice for the Giants now, why wouldn't it have been a choice in the preseason or during the first couple weeks of the season before Saquon got hurt? Because then you have Deion Lewis, you have Saquon Barkley, you have Devonta Freeman. Not every running back is going to be able to be a stud offensive player. You don't need that. It's great to have, you don't need it. What you need to have is... Is three or four guys to consistently suit up who can work within your system. So the Patriots have, they don't have a start running back.
1: They have guys who have roles. And and honestly, you saw that effect this weekend because the Patriots only had, um, well, now they had three guys, but only one was really effective. Rex Burkett, but they were losing. They lost their fourth guy. Um, because James White's father uh, died oh, before yeah. the game. That's such that a sad was, story. Sa- sad, sad thing that happened for him. But he didn't get to play. And, and James White's a big part of that offense in the passing game. So, but that's what you thats what you want to kind of see. And I'll, I'll answer your question, Chris, why they didn't sign Devontae Freeman. Well, I'll answer it in my uh, my guess. Even though I know every time I factor in money with the NFL, it really doesn't mean anything. Uh, if you didn't sign a tackle to the highest paid tackle money at that time and then not played him because he wasn't producing, then maybe you would have had the money to pay for an extra running back.
0: But and nothing I'm changed. Th- they didn't get extra money because Saquon got hurt. They still had the same money they had before. No, I'm talking about Nate Solder. I know. But it had Nate I- Solder signed before last year. like That didn't affect.
1: I- I'm saying if you didn't make that mistake as a organization and say we have Nate so we, we're gonna sign Nate Solder. He didn't produce in his first season under that contract. If you didn't make that mistake initially, because it the the Patriots didn't even go hard after Nate Solder when he went to free agency. No, because so they knew what
0: he wanted. They knew what he wanted. They, they were what with he wanted
1: that. they knew what he wanted and they knew what his abilities were and they knew at some point in the near future, probably sooner than later. His performance was going to drop off. So, but even that, even saying all that, Chris, it probably isn't true because they probably had the money. They just, they were probably trying to nickel and dime Devontae Freeman because they didn't want to pay him X number of dollars to be a third guy, even though they paid whatever, what, 1.5, I think, to to Deion Lewis.
0: Yeah, I think that the contract, if what I saw is correct, they're signing Devontae Freeman to a one year, $3 million contract. So, no, I, I understand what you're saying about how if they hadn't have just signed him to that, uh, sold him that contract, they'd, they'd have the extra money. But what I was saying was, if they have it right this second to sign Freeman, right? they had it three weeks ago to sign Freeman. Like
1: there, they, is, there is no
0: sh- reason, no reason any NFL team should go into any game without minimum three, I'd say to be comfortable four, people capable right. of running the ball or receiving out of the backfield within your system, the Patriots have—I keep forgetting his name—that he's like five-six. He's the undrafted rookie they have, who's looked pretty good uh, so far. Taylor. Um, Taylor. 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 Yes, Taylor. He looks really good. Uh they had uh, Burkhead, and they had yep. Sony Michelle. Yep. Uh, and
1: technically, they have Jacob, Jacob Johnson. Johnson.
0: That's how I was going to say. They have the four. They have Cam, who can run the ball.
1: Oh, and I have to uh, apologize. The Giants have a fullback.
0: Okay, well that is a third but, one then. So,
1: but you're not really going to give because he he's an actual fullback, fullback, not a not a uh, Kyle check you can use in the uh, passing game. It, it's, but it's still you have you, you still go into the game with with essentially I would say two running backs and a fullback. What happens when if Dion Lewis goes down because Dion, he built sturdy and they made that very evident because their pass, their running game disappeared with Saquon Barkley in this game now they'll probably reappear with Devontae Freeman but they huh. have to make sure Gauman yeah. Ga- has to be active for this game Deion Lewis is going to have to be active and they have to consider bringing in someone else too honestly because they're just You're playing, you're rolling dice with with Deion Lewis at any point. Just
0: Just be realistic, even in really good shape, Devonta Freeman's not going to come in and be able to learn the playbook in four days, right? So, you're looking at next week at the earliest for him to be any kind of factor in the passing game, unless it's a really simple screen. So, you're looking at Wayne Gallman and Deion Lewis this week. If nobody gets hurt and you have those two guys going into week four, well, I mean, okay, you're gonna have Freeman who's gonna be able to rush the ball too. You don't have to know the playbook to know run up the middle 10 to 12 times. So you're going to have that. Once he's actually integrated a bit into the offense, you can have Deion Lewis be more of that receiving back. Well, you can have every back be a receiving back, but he'll be the primary guy. You can actually spread him out too. He has talent in the receiving game. Gallman can run. I don't know how Gallman's receiving skills are, but Freeman we know can catch and run. So if they can get these guys the right balance and maybe have Freeman – carry the the majority of it, they could be okay if that line can get it together. But that's a big what if. I wanted to bring up one thing, one injury I thought happened. I was glad it did not happen. But I want to compliment this player on on his toughness, uh, David Montgomery. Yes. David Montgomery went down shortly after Saquon went down, and it looked like a neck injury. It looked really bad. He missed some time, came back in the game, and ran like there was no problem. He looked better than before he left. So glad to see he was okay on a day where so many guys fell. Uh, And hats off to him. If this should show the Bears, he's their guy. They have to use him as the primary runner, mixing Tariq Cohen. He he showed a lot to me and hopefully showed a lot to the Bears the other day. True. All right, we got Banker Tank coming up for week three. But first, a little bit of baseball.
1: So we both uh, picked the Nationals to be in the World Series.
0: Yeah, we whiffed on that one.
1: That's a it's a big swing in the miss, Chris. But uh, I don't remember who we have like losing in the AL, but Chicago and Oakland have both clinched spots.
0: I believe you had Chicago beating the Nats in the World Series. Yes, we I both have, have Oakland beating the Nats in the World right. Series. So half of our World Series pick will not make it. But for both of us, our the AL winners, pick looks right. really good.
1: And our winners are still love life.
0: Yes. So our brackets aren't quite dead yet.
1: Didn't you have Tampa Bay in the uh, ALCS?
0: I'm going to have to go back and look at the notes on that.
1: Yeah, I don't remember who.
0: Uh, because I, I do want to actually take a look at who we picked for the divisions. I don't think we picked wild cards, only because we did not know the structure would be yeah. 8 teams in each league at that point they were still trying to, they were still arguing over money like children at that point so we didn't quite know the structure but i believe we just picked division winners we may have picked wild cards i'm not sure but i will go back uh before next week's episode
1: yeah
0: and i'll find that uh i did have Tampa finishing very well i know that i don't know if they were facing Oakland in the ALCS they may I have I think been.
1: i think you had Tampa winning the division and i have the Yankees winning division and right now it's It's looking like Tampa Bay is going to take the division. Yankees will still make the playoffs. Um, Oakland's already clinched their division, apparently. And Chicago is fighting with Minnesota for that division title. And we're actually not surprised Minnesota's fighting because I I like the construct of their team. Oh, yeah, definitely. Very veteran team with with youth
0: interjected. Veterans in all the right places on that team.
1: And it's surprising that Cleveland's still kind of in it after dumping Clevenger.
0: Um, Well, police say picked right up, man. That kid's no joke.
1: I I never thought he was, but, you know, that one thing.
0: Made a mistake. He's young. No, you know, no harm, no foul. And winning, winning, winning solves a lot of things in sports. That it does. So
1: uh, looks like, what did you say? It's eight teams in each league. So,
0: yeah. As of now, the teams I have in that are officially in in the AL yeah. are Rays, White Sox, Athletics, Twins, and Yankees. Yep. Indians and Blue Jays are uh, right now six and seven overall in the, in the in the division, and they with one more win would clinch that. Okay. So win or team lower than them losing. So more than likely, the Indians and the Blue Jays are going to lock up a spot. Possibly by the time this is even released. If they win tonight, they might get it. Uh, The NL is is surprisingly wide open still with between four and six games left. Only the Dodgers and Padres, two teams, have actually clinched a spot.
1: My my question would be is, has St. Louis played all their games?
0: I think they've caught up all but one. Okay. So I think they actually, I think I was actually wrong. I think they actually have seven games left. But six or seven.
1: that was one of my questions because I just got to make it, make sure and make it fair. Um, they got to play all their games regardless of what happened.
0: And I think Oakland's actually behind on one too, but I don't think it's going to actually affect the outcome. So they may not even make that up if it's not necessary.
1: Um, I, I'm I'm intrigued on the NL side. Yeah, big moment for San Diego. 14 years between uh, playoff uh, oh, playoff yeah.
0: appearances. Yeah, huge, huge. It's a good looking team.
1: Making that move for Clevenger. Yeah, uh, big time. And and all those little pieces. uh, Look, we know what the Dodgers do. They they win in the regular season, and then they tank in the playoffs. I don't know. Um,
0: Yeah, which overpaid Dodgers pitcher is going to give up 11 runs in the first two innings this year?
1: True. It's true. Um, The advantage is I'm excited about one thing. Down near the bottom, the Cincinnati Reds. It looks like they're going to make the playoffs.
0: That'd be something. They didn't look good early in the year.
1: Uh, I'm just thinking of one person, Chris.
0: Oh, Bauer! Bauer in the playoffs? Absolutely, uh, absolutely.
1: That that'll be a treasure unto itself.
0: Is I I a- admire Trevor Bauer, but I think you have an unhealthy obsession.
1: I do. I may or may not check his Twitter feed more often than twice a day.
0: Hmm. Uh, ask people out there what the over under on being a stalker is.
1: Um, I am not a betting person, so I don't really go go with the over unders stuff.
0: There's no there's no DMs involved, right? Uh,
1: there are no DMs okay, involved. Okay, you're, you're good. I, you're I will okay. Confirm you're that. Okay, then you're good. You're good. Um. Is there anything that interests you in the NL that, that that seems to stand out? I know there's one thing that stands out for me. Uh, I mean,
0: you have teams like the Marlins.
1: Yeah, that's that's the.
0: I mean, the Braves really, really good, talented teams with some good young players that appear to be coming around. I mean, would they be competitive if it was 162 instead of 60? Who knows? But this is what we're what we're dealing with now. Right, And I think we're in for some, honestly, some pretty exciting series. Apparently, according to good old Robbie Manfred, there's going to be fans in the stands for the uh, Elite Championship Series and the World Series. We'll see. We'll see. I I do have to admit a little bit of, uh, I was kind of ashamed of myself yesterday. I'm looking at the, uh, the bracket for the playoffs, and I'm thinking to myself, why? Why is the AL playing in NL parks? And the NL is playing in AL parks. And it dawned on me that because everything is so thrown off, they want to make sure absolutely nobody has home field advantage. Okay. So AL teams, no matter which ones make it to the ALCS, are going to be playing in a National League park. They're not going to have home field advantage. Same with the NL and the AL parks. So, uh, and I don't think the Rangers are in contention. Um.
1: Uh, they, so, so there's one team that has less wins than the Texas Rangers and that's the Pittsburgh pirates.
0: Okay. So there's no, there's no threat of Rangers being the home team in Arlington for the world series.
1: It's about as much of a threat as the Red Sox winning the world
0: series this year. Well, I think they're mathematically eliminated. So there's zero threat of that. Yeah. That's I think the baseball uh, playoffs are shaping up to be kind of fun. Honestly, like I said, I can't say I'm going to sit down and watch every game start to finish, but. I'll be focused much more on the playoffs than I was the regular season because while when we talked about this last episode, I believe while a lot of fans are going to put an asterisk on the season, uh, everyone started with an even playing field. Everyone yeah. played 60 games. Everyone played within their own division and conference conference. I'm still thinking football division and league. So, I mean, it is what it is. I mean, there's going to be a 2020 champion ground and, you know it's gonna be fun. Banker tank.
1: So, you I I—you sport- fared better
0: this week. You did better. I did.
1: I did. I did. I. So I was gonna initially say like it was unfair that you know the the Chargers pulled an old switch switcheroo on me, but
0: allow me to play the world's smallest violin for you while right because you, you say you got- that.
1: You got the same the same, same thing treatment. with Chris Godwin, yeah. So uh fair unbalanced, and then uh, unfortunately uh Henry Ruggs the third got one catch. And DK Metcalf, um yeah, uh Stefan Gilmore uh did match up on him quite a bit, and Stefan Gilmore got beat a couple times. Only I a do, I, I do want I do want to
0: point out the hypocrisy though. And I saw this yesterday, okay? So, Jamal Adams, who we have time and time again on the show put over as a top safety in the game. If not the top safety. And if not the top, and he is. And I take none of that back. Gets burned repeatedly by 34-year-old Julian Edelman on one and a half legs, essentially. Very true. For over 130 yards. Absolutely torched several times. Nobody bats an eye. Jamal Adams is still top dog. Stefan Gilmore gives up two catches for 65 yards to somebody people say is universally one of the best young receivers in the game. Fully healthy. And he's an overrated bum.
1: Who called him an overrated bum?
0: Uh, every Patriot hater in the media. Oh, boy. So, it's fine. Look, I, <laughs> Belichick said it best. Those two balls uh, to David Moore... I believe say the other guy who caught a Russell Wilson bomb, and yes. DK Metcalf. I don't care who you are. You could not defend those passes. Russell Wilson throws the most gorgeous deep ball I have ever seen in all my life as a football fan. That right. guy could not have walked up to him and put it in their hands any better. And that's not an excuse. That's a hats off to an immense talent. Because that guy, <laughs> Russell Wilson not getting an MVP vote i'm not talking about award i'm talking to never getting an mvp vote with the stellar career he's had to this point is so ludicrous i couldn't even put it into into words accurately if we swore on this podcast consistently
1: just 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 as a, a little side note i know eventually i got on the lamar jackson train last year Let's just remember who was was trying to pull that train for old Russell Wilson last year for for at least a good chunk of the season.
0: And that's understandable. The thing is, though, is Lamar deserved it last year.
1: Lamar, Lamar, Lamar last year deserved it. And I don't know if he, did he get unanimous? I think he got unanimous, didn't he?
0: I'm pretty sure it was very close if it wasn't unanimous.
1: Um, But you're right. There's no reason Russell Wilson shouldn't have at least a vote.
0: We're not even talking a first place vote. We're talking a vote. For those that don't know, a lot. Of, I, I, I'm pretty sure. You name like, in order who I think you get like three picks who you would take. I think you three picks. That's it. Yeah. And then and then you know it's like okay so last year you'd go, um, uh, Lamar Jackson, Patchen and Mahomes. then say Russ Patrick Mahomes, and then Russ CNC. I would go like, Russell Wilson CMC. You'd pick those guys in order. Whoever you pick first gets a first-place vote and then second-place vote. And I think the higher the vote, the more weight it carries. Right. Yeah. But for Russell Wilson to never get a vote for MVP is absolutely ludicrous. I'm not saying the man shouldn't win every year because last year he was not the league MVP. Be- and not really by fault of his own. A lot of, the, a lot of the key players on his team got banged up late. The running game was decimated by like week 15. The injuries were just beyond ridiculous. So you can only do so much. But to not even get a vote?
1: I think it's absurd, absurd. I think his his problem a lot, quite a few seasons. Uh, he would start, he would start, um, I don't want to say soft, but he'd start, uh, start slow. And then he just, like a wrecking train, just come through and and by the end of the season, he's just putting it on.
0: A wrecking train or a freight ball.
1: Uh, I meant to say wrecking ball or a freight train. For some reason, my analogies are not quite hitting tonight. No,
0: dude, you got to keep that stuff because no one else uses that phrase. So we get bigger. We can start selling T-shirts, dude. Keep it up. Don't 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 shy away from it. All right, Chris. Let's wait for the wrecking train T-shirts. We're gonna make uh, millions.
1: I will. I will. I will keep that in my yeah. pocket. Yeah, uh, this year though is different for Russell. Russell is look. We're not. We're not going to sit here and do those early season MVP awards. Yeah, it's we are next week. Two weeks, three weeks in. Absolutely. I don't know about that. Oh thinking, no, 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 no! If you're gonna if you're course, gonna take your if
0: you're gonna take your shot, take your shot.
1: We want to go there. Okay. You know, you know by my, my
0: you know by my banker tank picks this week, which we're going to get to shortly. Yeah. I am not scared of taking a chance.
1: Okay. Okay. So if I say
0: want... we do it. We do a defensive, uh, all the major awards, rookies of the year, defensive player of the year, MVP, all that, offensive player of the year, all that stuff. Okay. We'll do that next time. We'll revisit at the halfway point.
1: Okay. Do what we did last year.
0: Exactly, what we did last year. Yeah.
1: I just don't remember when we started last year.
0: Well, I mean. But... I don't either, honestly. But I, I think I think it'd be, I think we've seen enough. and at least be fun. I mean, hell, we picked a division winners for baseball before the season started. That's true. That's what entertains people. Either I see they're being right I just, or being ridiculously wrong. So that's
1: true. Uh, and I, I just found it interesting. I don't know if it ended this way, but Russell Wilson had what was it? One, one more, one more incompletion than he had touchdowns. Between the first
0: well, two games, I'm gonna tell you one. I, I love Russell Wilson, uh, tremendous player, but he ain't getting the MVP this year either. Okay, well,
1: we'll I guess we'll, I... we'll
0: save that for we'll table that for next episode. Okay, but uh, I already have, I already know who I'm picking for the MVP this year. Okay, Banker Tank. All right, it's a reminder to everybody and Ben, so he doesn't forget. After being both being four and two last uh, last week on the season. He is five and seven. Yes. I am eight and four. I am not bragging about that because that is very, very easily, easily could be changed after, you know, a bad week, you know, so I'm not getting ahead of myself, but four and two, two weeks in a row, considering last year, I couldn't make a right pick if my life depended on it. I'm pretty happy with that so far. All right. But Banker Tank, what do you got this week?
1: I'm going to go Phillip Rivers at quarterback. uh, David Montgomery at running back and Tyler Lockett at wide receiver. Okay. Tyler Lockett. First off, Russell Wilson is on a plane of his own right now. And I think Tyler Lockett's going to come out next week. Who are they playing? Dallas.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
1: I would like to know. Um from the Dallas Dallas area code. Who is going to cover all these receivers for the Seattle Seahawks? Because I don't believe they can cover any of them. And they're trying to try to put their focus on DK Metcalf because he's such a monster. And Tyler Lockett's first off, Tyler Lockett gets open on anybody pretty much.
0: My oh my how your tone on him has changed.
1: I I have no idea what you're talking about, sir.
0: Well, we're gonna go back and find that.
1: But there's just – and there's just no way that uh, Russell Wilson's not going to be able to hit Ty Lockett on a consistent basis. He'll be able to hit all of his receivers pretty consistently. That Dallas team showed that you can just walk up and down the field if you're conscious, which is an indictment on the Atlanta Falcons because at some point in that game, they just lost lost consciousness and threw up on themselves.
0: It's so like I said to you towards the end of that game when Dallas was coming back. The Falcons and blowing a big lead. Is there a more iconic duo? Uh,
1: no, there's not. Oh. I, just, I just like the matchup and the points. I, I, I looked at the points and I'm like, you know what? He's just going to blow right by that. Who do you got?
0: My bank players this week are... Bills quarterback Josh Allen versus the Rams. Eagles running back Miles Sanders against the Bengals. And Atlanta Falcons great Julio Jones against the Bears. I'm picking Miles Sanders to spotlight. This kid should be a top five running back statistically in the league. Overall, I'm talking overall yards. Maybe not just pure running, but he certainly can run. He's an incredible receiver out of the backfield. I would go as far as to say... By the end of the season, if Carson Wentz doesn't completely implode that Eagles offense, by the end of the season, Miles Sanders could be seen as the second or third best all-around running back in the game. I'm talking rushing and receiving. I'm not talking pure runner or pure receiver. You're going to have CMC number one. Right. Zeke Elliott's going to chase number two because he sure can't catch. He's very underrated in the passing game. You could have Sanders at number three.
1: And you're discounting Saquon at this point only correct? because of injury. Only because I'm of talking.
0: Injury. I'm talking this season only because of okay. injury. When he comes back, he's healthy. Everything's good. He'll be right back in that mix. So he blows but. right
1: by Alvin Kamara. Yes. Oh wow! Wow. That's only a bold beca- statement.
0: Only, uh, look. I like Kamara, but Kamara has shown inconsistency. It's true. We have not seen any consistency from from, um, Elliott or CMC. <laughs> that was not a direct result of their team drastically changing around them. Kamara's had Breeze, or another talented quarterback, and Bridgewater did great for them last year. He's had the best receiver in the game. They have an explosive offense, and there was games last year he just disappeared. That's not saying he falls far down the list. He's right there, the next guy behind Sanders. So it's not like he drops from 3 to 30. But I think Sanders could be an all-around more consistent player than i absolutely
1: i just i just i always hearken back to i hate that the eagles just didn't that light didn't click in their head soon enough last year oh it's a really absolutely
0: and look look at look at his numbers from last year in the limited time he played Right, you would think that kid, you would think that kid was a focal point of the offense for twelve, thirteen games, and like he it, was for maybe five or six, and he got almost a thousand rushing yards and a couple hundred receiving yards. Absurd! Absurd what he could do with an entire season at the focal point of the offense.
1: And if you didn't have him as a as a keeper in our league, he's drafted second round pick. Easily, easily. I, I saw I,
0: I saw him in some twelve team leagues being a first round pick.
1: That makes sense too.
0: Yeah. So. What you got for tank.
1: All right, so I know this is long hanging fruit, and uh, I'm only gonna get two opportunities probably this year with this guy cause, you know, I gotta try to share the tanks of of players. So Jared Goff is gonna be on the uh, my tank list this week for quarterback. Uh, I'm gonna throw a curveball, James Robinson with the Jacksonville Jaguars. I'm going tank this week with him. Amari Cooper, wide receiver, Dallas Cowboys, he's going to Um, I'm going to highlight James Robinson because I think Goffin and Cooper are just a little too easy. Something tells me that and, – and this is just a hunch. This is not uh, data. I mean, Miami had a rough time week one against the Patriots, but that was Sonny Michel, Rex Burkett, James White, and cam newton last week josh allen devin singletary zach moss it's it's a combination of the running backs and and the quarterback i don't know what kind of wheels Minshew's gonna have i know he's got some mobility and he can get out there and, and and get some yards but not like like cam and josh allen so i don't see I don't see Miami having the same problems that they've had the previous two weeks. And I think that off that defense is just going to keep solidifying with the new players and the older players that they've had. It's just, I just think this might be a bump in the road for James Robinson, not going to be the norm. I think this is gonna be a bump. And then he's just going to have to learn from it as a rookie.
0: Good looking player though. But I I see your point there. I didn't actually realize how much he was projected for. I thought you took an easy out for a minute. And I saw you actually projected for almost fourteen points. I was like, okay, that's that's respectable. Okay, I am gonna not make any friends with my list. I'm gonna tell you that right now.
1: It's eh, kind of the goal, though, right?
0: Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm not afraid to take chances and, and go out there. And if I'm if I'm gonna be one in five this week, I'm gonna be one in five, given my point of view. There you go. So. My tank players this week, you get ready for it? Patrick Mahomes of your Super Bowl champion Kansas City Chiefs at the Baltimore Ravens Monday night. Going to be an extremely good game. Dalvin Cook of the Minnesota Vikings against the Titans. Stefan Diggs of the Bills against the Rams.
1: Chris, you picked Josh Allen to bank.
0: I did pick Josh Allen to bank. And Josh Allen does not need to throw to Stephon Diggs. He has Cole Beasley. He has tight ends. He has running backs. Quarterbacks get a lot of points running the ball, and Josh Allen can run the ball. Josh Allen runs for 50 yards and a touchdown. He has 11 of his 28 projected points right there. So you can do that, and then he has a mediocre passing game and a couple of touchdowns to not Stephon Diggs, and he's good. I'm going to highlight Patrick Mahomes like everybody does all the time, and for good reason. Look, this is not saying he's not the top quarterback in the game. This is not saying he's not exceptional. This is simply saying if there's going to be two teams that are going to be in a battle all year for the top of the AFC, it's going to be the Ravens, and it's going to be the Chiefs. Ravens' defense is no joke all around. There is no way Patrick Mahomes goes into Baltimore, fans or no fans, and just picks them apart. He couldn't do it to Los Angeles, the Chargers, this past weekend until almost the end of the third, start of the fourth quarter. I think, overall, far superior defense in Baltimore. And Tyree Kill has, with the exception of one catch last week. Tyree Kill doesn't have that one catch late in the game for a touchdown. He has a miserable game. Uh, Nobody performed up to the standards that they should have in that game. For the Chiefs. And I just think maybe a bit of a Super Bowl hangover. Riding so high for so long that they get hit in the mouth a couple of times and they're gonna struggle a bit. They're gonna come back, they'll be okay. They're gonna be at the top team. But Baltimore is gonna hit them right in the face Monday night. And I don't know how the Chiefs are gonna respond.
1: Uh, They did say on the telecast this weekend that the chargers played the chiefs tough both times last year. And that was with Phyllis as their quarterback. I think if I'm the chiefs, I'm a little concerned because we just did what we did this PS this past weekend against a rookie quarterback who didn't really take first team snaps the entire week. And a defense that took a few dings, not hit, not severe hits. Ian is missing their star uh, free safety.
0: Yeah, and Derwin James. And they going struggled against, against
1: them. Now you're going against Baltimore, who is pl- going to play on edge. And an offense that's just... If you give them an inch, they're going to tear your face off. And Mark Andrews seems to seems to have needed Hayden Hurst to depart for him to... Take that huge leap to top four tight end status.
0: Yeah. And I I just think, I think you talk about that game. Look, both teams are capable of putting a lot of points on the board really quick. The thing is, I don't think the Chiefs defense can stop the Ravens offense as effectively as the Ravens defense can stop the Chiefs offense. And I think the Chiefs offensively, like I said, are going through a little bit of a hangover right now. Not this isn't doom and gloom. This isn't, oh my God, the Chiefs are done. This isn't, oh my God, they're terrible. This is a lot of young players right now coming off a lot of success who are going to get hit in the mouth by a team that feels they should have been the, the, the team to make it last year and have something to prove. You're going to see how these players bounce back. I don't expect Patrick Mahomes to curl up into a ball and just not be able to handle it. He'll be fine. I'm not saying he's going to suck. I'm saying you have not seen Patrick Mahomes-like numbers. Look, he threw, for, he threw for three touchdowns opening night, but he only threw for a little over 200 yards. Uh, against a team he really should have been able to, to do more against the, on, on offense. So you add to that the fact that against uh, the Chargers this past weekend, he did not look good for almost three full quarters. I, I get it. I'm not I'm not trying to say the guys washed up or he's done far from it but I mean this is a team that's going to have to figure out now they have to target on them they're the champs they're the top dogs they're going to have to figure out that everyone is going to be at their absolute best when they play them they're not going to get any gimmies anymore no. as certainly from a team like Baltimore who looks like the most complete team in the league so Can uh, direct your hate tweets to uh, BCTS pod and make sure you tag Chris in that. So. All right. Game of 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 the week. week. Yeah. Game Uh, of the week. What do you got?
1: uh, Cincinnati at Philadelphia. I'm not trying to beat up Carson Wentz and the Philadelphia Eagles, but.
0: You don't have to. Everyone else is doing that.
1: Right. They they did throw up on themselves again this week. And.
0: Was McNabb there?
1: Uh, he may have been he may have been okay and unfortunately for my kind of prediction of needing miles sanders to really get the offense going they had miles sanders and they really couldn't get they needed they needed to put a performance on the field like they should have last year at the end of the season and and then they didn't and their number one receiver this past week—I don't—I didn't check the targets, but uh, receiving receptions and receiving yards. Do you know who it was? No, Deshaun Jackson.
0: Oh, and it was wow. like six yeah.
1: for eighty or something. It's like or six for sixty or six for eighty, something like that. It's like it, it's just for some reason it's inefficient offense right now. And now Wentz? you're going against Cincinnati with a young quarterback. A lot to lot prove. They're coming off uh, a tight loss. Extended week. I don't know, man. This could be a recipe for Cincinnati's first win, and that could be a huge hit to Philadelphia.
0: Look, I, I'm not. I'm not like you. I have no. Well, I have my a couple little jabs to take. You know, as far as I just said with McNabb, but I don't have any thing against the Eagles like inherently. But I have to say, I compliment them when they do well. I just sang Myla Sanders praises for about five minutes. I said they made the trade of the offseason, getting Darius Slade for what they got him for. And I mean all that. Carson Wentz looks awful. He has looked terrible this year. I know he couldn't stay upright in game one. He was just missing receivers last game. He does not look good. I don't know if it's something in his own head, if he's got some kind of injury. I have no idea, but he looks terrible, so that's going to be a game to watch. Just to point out, too, neither one of us chose Kansas City and Baltimore because I think that's just too easy. Yeah, it's just too easy. That's that's. I mean, realistically, that might be the game with the most on the line. We're talking about pure entertainment value. For me, it's the Thursday night game. It is the Dolphins and the Jaguars. <laughs> Look, neither one of these teams is probably playoff bound. Probably. It's only week two, going into week three. But I don't think it's a stretch to say either one of these teams is going to struggle a bit this year. But if you just want a football game where you can watch two quarterbacks go out there and sling the ball around, you can watch some really talented young players who don't get to play on a big stage very often, this is the game to watch. This is going to be a fun game. This is going to be an un- going to be a sleeper game for one of the more exciting games of the first part of the year, without a doubt.
1: I I, I would say yes, just because, I, I mean, I have an aspect to look at it as a, picking James Robinson in the tank. I want to see the evolution of that Miami team continue. And boy. The you
0: know mustache like, versus the beard.
1: But you you know I like Tua. And one of these times we're going to see him come in and I'm be stoked because I like Tua. I like his game. And I just think this, he could be the franchise quarterback they've been looking for. And I know a lot of people say that that, uh, about different players throughout the years, but this, he's got something else. He's got that winner's mentality. He's got that just unique ability to do all, excuse me. He has a unique ability to do all all the plays that you want out of the quarterback. Uh unfortunately a little undersized, but the kid has got it. The kid's just got it and I want to see what he's got when um when he gets the opportunity and I hope it's soon.
0: It yeah, very well could be. Thank you very much for listening. And as always, if you have any questions or comments on anything you've heard on this episode or past episodes, Ben and I would love to hear from you and where can they get in touch with us?
1: Oh, uh, you can hit us up on Facebook. That's Ben and Chris Talk Sports at BCTS Pod on Twitter and our website, bctspod.com.
0: And if you enjoy the show, we'd ask you to subscribe and leave a review and tell a friend. Help us spread the word. That'd be very much appreciated. Don't forget next episode, Ben and I have our far, far, far too early predictions for the awards for the 2020 NFL season. Until next time for Ben, I am Chris. Please stay safe, stay healthy. And we will see you right back here next Wednesday. Thank
1: you.